I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you're new here, welcome. My name's Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from The Cut and my general pop culture musings. Shout out to Young036, the rapper, for that little sorority ditty. Uh, it's been playing all over TikTok. Girls, I'm sorry. We're going to be talking about Bama Rush TikTok because I cannot resist. But it's not until the end of the episode. So if you want to just skip that, you can. But I think it might be the most fun part of the episode. So I suggest you sticking around. But first of all, y'all, it is my 100th episode. Woo! <laughs> oh, that was Kenzie and the dogs that she got riled up. Okay. And to be technical, it's actually my 101st episode because I did a bonus episode which is actually one of my favorites. It's about a scam. I called it the Rosvera Life Scam. And I interviewed two people for it, which many of you have figured out who those two people were. But go back and listen to that. It's episode 42. Oh, I'm sorry, 46, if you're interested. But regardless, we will go with this episode being episode 100. And I mean, nothing happens when you reach 100 episodes, but it feels significant to me that we've made it this far together. Confetti is falling as we speak. Not really. I'm drinking a little grapefruit spritzer, though, at noon. So that's fun. Um, I finished Cooking with Paris, and one of the cut articles I was going to cover this week was an art a writer recreating the recipes she did from it like this writer literally recreated those stupid blue marshmallows I was talking about last week and it was a journey I really liked that article I respect that um author for going through the troubles they made a nice little steak and a wedge salad and their onion rings turned out beautifully it's making me want to make those onion rings they looked like they looked really good they looked like um I don't know what to, it was kind of looked like a blooming onion, but like, but thin and like pulled apart and not like a a perfect steakhouse, like onion topping. Yes. Um, oh, Kenzie, I didn't tell you this, but when we, (laughs) when we were in Gainesville, okay. So first off, my aunt was very excited to get a shout out on the last episode. So Karen, here you go. In case you listen again, here's another shout out. Um, she comes up to me because we went to our cousin's graduation last weekend at UF. And she's like, I really, she's Southern. So there's going to be a lot of Southern imitating this weekend. She went to University of Auburn. She was a FAMU there. And she's like, I really like your podcast. She would be so offended if she knew I was doing her voice like this. <laughs> hers sounds much better. I really like your podcast. I enjoyed the episode. I really liked my, my shout out, but I have one, you know, thing I think you could fix. And I was like, okay, yeah, what? And she goes, well, it's just you need to either their mic up, Kenzie, or she needs to speak closer to the mic. And I go, okay, you, you tell Kenzie that. Kenzie comes in the house, guns ablazing. She's pissed at me. She calls me a bitch. It was not a good thing. Karen looks over at me. She goes, yeah, I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> so I will say I, I'm working on it right now. It was my second day of my period. I am a raging bitch on the second day of my period. Like no one messed with me. Bailey said I was mean because I didn't leave her a garlic knot. And I was like, I'll go get you more. You just made my audio clip. Um, Yeah, it was fine. I wasn't mad at Kinsey. I knew she was just like having going through it. You know, it's fine. Not a big deal. She apologized. (laughs) 
but I just thought Karen saying that was so funny. <laughs> okay, I, I heard her say something to you that I'm not going to tell her. And I was like, tell me what? <laughs> literally i'm gonna have to edit all that out because you spiked all of my audio mckenzie we gotta we gotta teach you some mic skills <laughs> anyways um i so what i was gonna do for our special 100th episode is i was going to talk about the cheesecake cult that i briefly mentioned a cheesecake factory cult i'm sorry that i mentioned a few uh weeks ago because i had um visited my friends who i knew from college and they were telling me and i hope this isn't like i'm not gonna use any names here so i hope i'm not you know blowing up anyone's scene but they told me how a friend was dating a guy who was in this uh religion we'll say and the leader of the religion told him that he couldn't date the girl anymore and he's like yeah she told me that we need to break up and that's just like what i need to do so I was fascinated by this because I was like, oh my gosh, anything where you have like direct contact with like the religion leader and then they're telling you how to rule your life, that seems very questionable. So I tried to look into this and the actual religion is called Sufism Reoriented. And Sufism, am I saying, is it Suf, Sufism? The real religion of Sufism. I've always said Sufism. Okay. So there is an actual Sufism religion that is a very like legit religion, not at all calling that a cult. Sufism reoriented is very westernized. A lot of the people who follow it are like upper class white people, interestingly enough. And the main guy who kind of started it and brought it to be, his name was Metababa. Again, I'm sorry if I'm like slaughtering all these pronunciations. And one of the areas where it was really big is this suburb outside of San Francisco. And so the main article I could find about this, and trust me, I was on Reddit. I was everywhere. The only Reddit thing I could find was someone saying that they had uh, left the religion, but the Reddit post was from 11 years ago, and it really didn't have anything juicy in it. Like, the person didn't ask me anything on Reddit and, like, didn't have a lot to share. So I was really digging. I was like, I just simply do not have enough content to talk about this for an extended period of time but I did want to you know bring it up and tell you a little bit about it because I'm like oh I would love to have someone from this religion who maybe stopped being in it on here and get like a firsthand uh you know story about how it went down and what their feelings about it were so the main article I found was from the fader and it's called uh Sufism or no, I'm sorry, Sacred Architecture, a well-funded California religious order announced plans to build a sanctuary. Then the battle lines were drawn. So it was in this town called Saranap, California. It's a very small town. And this was going to be a huge construction project. And the people in the town were really pissed about it. But obviously because of all the protections that religious organizations are granted, they were able to go forward with it and build this sanctuary. And it is this huge building. It looks kind of like, uh, what are those things called? Like, that you look into the sky <laughs> observatory yeah, doesn't it kind of look like like yeah. a planetarium yeah so it's all these like white domes and it's all white marble the inside is all marble all gold and i've heard that if you go into someone's house like in california and it's all decorated like white and gold and marble which i know is like a popular decorating technique but it'll be like all over that it's very likely that they might be a part of sufism reoriented this building honestly looks like a star wars prop to me yeah it does it it's very surreal looking it's interesting architecture um but like i said this became like a battle between the regular citizens of saranop and this this thing 
So another reason it's gotten kind of some notoriety is because one of the big donators who donated a ton to building this sanctuary is the person who founded the Cheesecake Factory, hence why sometimes it's colloquially referred to as the Cheesecake Factory cult, at least it was by my friends. And he was just so behind it, gave all this money to it. Like I said, they were able to push through. This building still exists to this day. This article was written back in 2017. That's the other strange thing. There's nothing really recent about it. But I'm telling you, when you look at this, and I'm not here to judge anyone's religion, whatever. I'm just saying when you look at this place, it looks like the definition of cult. On the inside, it's all white. It has all acrylic chairs. It Most of the building is actually an underground. Because, yeah, and they also believe that in seven years, met no i'm sorry 700 years meher baba is coming back the guy who started it he's going to be reincarnated come back and this is a place that he is supposed to be able to come back to this particular sanctuary and a lot of famous people not a lot but some significant famous people followed this back in the day and I feel like it was kind of like Kabbalah. I remember when Kabbalah was like really big. I feel like this kind of had some similar roots. So the most significant famous person was Peter Townsend from The Who's. And he actually wrote a whole article in Rolling Stone. And on the cover was Meher Baba. And it was called In Love with Meher Baba by Pete Townsend. Um, Yeah, so I'm just like... I wish I had a more like to tell you about this or more sensational stuff. And maybe it truly doesn't exist. But after hearing that story from my friend, I know there is more to this that like we don't know about and I want to uncover it. So again, if you know anyone who was in this, if you've ever like have more information about it, because I think the person who actually told this person they had to break up with her, uh, with his girlfriend is the current, it's called the Mershita. Uh, and her name is Carol Whalen Connor. So it's actually a woman, which is interesting. Um, because I think traditionally it was men that this position was kind of passed down to. I think she was the first woman. But yeah, just the the Cheesecake Factory tie-in that literally like the funding for this building kind of came for that. And Fader tried to reach out to Cheesecake Factory, but they declined an interview. Ooh, um, yeah. So again, sorry we didn't get a whole deep dive, but we are going to do like a little, you know, we're going to have some rush talk today, which honestly is lighter and fluffier and more fun. So Get excited for that. Let's get into our first article of the day. I am begging the celebs to please bathe by Mia Mercado. She writes, this blog is for Jake Gyllenhaal, an extremely handsome man who recently told Vanity Fair that he finds bathing to be less necessary at times. And what times would those be, Jacob? Hmm? Here's the full quote for context. Also, I don't think I've ever processed that Jake Gyllenhaal's real name might be Jacob. Like, Jacob Gyllenhaal? That's terrible. <laughs> So Vanity Fair asks, is there anything revelatory about your shower ritual? And he says, I'm always baffled that loofahs come from nature. Can I just say I taught Kenzie just the other day that loofahs came from nature? I had to like, not the loofahs that are like pink tie dye and that you get from Walmart, but like the ones that are natural colored and look like a sea sponge. Yes, those in fact come from nature. I had to Google it for him. Be like, look, you peeled this out and then the loofah is just like in the middle. (laughs) He says they feel like they've been made in a factory, but... In fact, it's just not true. Since I was young, it's amazed me. More and more, I find bathing to be less necessary at times. I do believe, because Elvis Costello is wonderful, that good manners and bad breath get you nowhere. So I do that. But I do also think that there's a whole world of not bathing that's also really helpful for skin maintenance, and we naturally clean ourselves. Child, no. 
we no, we don't naturally clean ourselves. Like if he's talking about like your coochie, like your our coochies kind of naturally clean themselves. But you know what's not going to clean yourself if you are sweating in the Florida heat and it's dripping down and it's pooling in the back of your legs or like the makeup that's caked on my face or the five million hair products I put on and the lotion and the cell tan that does not clean itself, honey. My body was not equipped to handle four layers of chemicals. So maybe you are very all natural. Maybe you have like, or one of those people who magically like doesn't sweat or their sweat smells like flowers. That is not me. I will stick to showering. I'm mortified that when I was younger, I like hated showering. I was probably like so stank ass because I hated showering. Now I love showering. I live for showering. I don't like doing my hair. So that's annoying. Like when you have, when you work out and you're so sweaty because my scalp also sweats a lot and then I have to shower, but I just, I cannot get behind this and and what's the point of having good manners and like lovely smelling breath if your stank is all I could smell from a mile away? Now, as I like to say every chance I get, I was on the street beside Jake Gyllenhaal that one time and I can't say that I was necessarily getting any bad smells, but I was also in the streets of New York, which kind of like overpowers any other smell that may exist. I feel like I'd have to be standing by Riri herself, bad gal Riri, uh, to really like appreciate a good smell when I'm in New York. Speaking of, Rihanna just came out with her Fenty perfume and uh, Tasha and I were very upset that like it sold out and we didn't get it. And I just want to sample first. I, I'm not good at like blind buying, you know, $140 perfume without smelling it. But I so innately trust her that I almost would do it. Um, <laughs> and then I loved that Mia ended with this. This is so astute and just something that like I wish I had thought of. She goes, perhaps this is all a distraction from Taylor Swift's forthcoming 10 minute version of All Too Well, a song that is probably definitely about her ex-boyfriend Hall. But I can't be so easily distracted, Jake. I mean, I can't say I'm particularly excited for a 10 minute version of All Too Well because I don't really like a 10 minute version of any song. Um, my attention span cannot handle that. I'm one of those people who like once I hear the part of a song I like, I want to skip it and hear another song I like and then skip that one and the cycle continues. So I don't think 10 minutes is really going to do it for me. Um, and I don't really think Jake is like shaking in his boots over this. But if she's adding like some juicy details, like watch out Jakey Poo. I mean, I'm excited. Okay, next up, I Want a Wedding on Instagram by Ian Abramson. When I tell you I was enthralled with this story, <laughs> that's an understatement. Uh, <laughs> I just, it was a ride start to finish and kind of goes to show that sometimes like be careful what you wish for because maybe you are better off just dropping your whole money for a down payment on a house um, on a wedding instead of uh, winning one on Instagram and going that route because I don't know how well this turned out for them and now apparently they're planning another uh, wedding. So let me walk you through it. So he says that he, um, you know, was actually in the process of planning an actual wedding, but then they won a wedding on Instagram and he didn't even know that they had been entered into this contest because one of their friends entered them in and it was for a a venue called the Lodge Room in Los Angeles, which is a large concert hall. And they wanted to host like a big party for free, basically. So it could kind of show off how good of a venue they are. And they thought, you know what? Instead of just hosting a party for free, we are actually going to do a wedding-themed giveaway and give someone an actual wedding. And the one caveat is this, and this is what really drew me into the story because I was like, wow, that's a twist. Why wasn't this documented for reality TV? They said anyone could attend their nuptials with a $10 ticket. 
So fast forward and his wife gets a DM and is so confused because he is so confused because again, doesn't even know that their friend entered this. She walks out. She goes, we just want a wedding. And he is just in absolute shock. Doesn't know. So at first they're literally thinking it's a scam. They do some Googling. They kind of call around people were some of them were like acting like they just won the lottery and of course they needed to accept this win and other people were just like couldn't even wrap their head around what it meant and the other issue with this is they couldn't really pick the date of when this was happening because it was already kind of set in stone of when this venue wanted to throw this party so people that they originally wanted to be in their wedding party they had to like not be able to come because of the date it was happening so they have to pick pick new best men best uh best woman (laughs) maid of honor and the wife didn't have time to get a dress so she like had to make a dress which he doesn't really go into that but I'm very confused how she like so quickly made a dress I don't know if she had a dress already that she kind of edited it to work um people came from all over because they had this huge number that the venue wanted them to hit and it was way more than the number of people they were planning to come to their wedding so it was people that they really had not had a lot of close contact with he said it was a room filled with people i care about and also people i've only kept up with as they changed their profile picture and i'm like how surreal would that be and he says it somehow came together the wife finished her dress just in time she ended up singing at the wedding and it was apparently like beautiful and the band was amazing there was like a light show fog machines just you know the food was good oh i liked this part he said (laughs) she's saying lou reed's perfect day a song that some have said is about heroin but lou reed insisted was about a day at the zoo which very disparate uh, ideas then on top of all this, on top of the fact that there was people there they didn't really know well, like I said earlier, people could just pay $10 and go to this wedding. This is how I imagine like the reality show weddings to be. Just like really spectacle and maybe not that special. It's like it's nice you're getting it for free, but maybe just skip. <laughs> um, and so he says he has no idea exactly who was even in his wedding. And for weeks since, they've, he's run into people he doesn't know on the street who have told him how nice it was. And he's like, I'm just so curious about like, why were these people there? Like what inspired them to come? But I would have done that. I mean, hell, $10, sign me up. Like you're getting food, you're getting drink, entertainment, you're getting to see Like, I feel like going to a wedding of someone you don't know is kind of better. Like it's, it's no pressure, you know, and just getting to show up. You don't even have to buy a wedding gift. I mean, hello. And apparently the officiant, they only met him 20 minutes before the guest arrived. And apparently he did an amazing personalized ceremony. The guy says his entire Dungeons and Dragons group was front and center. Love that for him. And he saw all these like different people from different times of his life all getting together and dancing. So I just thought that was a crazy story and something I never really think about. Like the aftermath of when people win these sort of giveaways on Instagram. You're like, where are they now? So I liked that little peek behind the curtain. And I'm sorry if we felt like we were rushing through the rest of this episode. It's because obviously I'm so excited to get to this part that I, I just, I, I could talk about it forever. Time to get invested in Bama Rush by Mia Mercado. Mia Mercado just proving that she is like my article soul sister since I really don't know what happened to Sanjita. If anyone knows what happened to Sanjita, like is she still writing for the cut? Is she taking time off? I just, I need to know. Um, and if you are completely foreign to this, have no idea what's going on because you don't have TikTok or you're not on Instagram because I feel like at this point it's kind of trickled over to Instagram where people in their Instagram stories are talking about how they're so invested in Alabama Rush. 
The idea is that there's girls going through recruitment, which is formerly known as um, at the University of Alabama. They're referred to as PNMs, which are potential new members. And it's just them like giving a little rundown of like what they're wearing for the day. Like I'm wearing this for philanthropy round, but <laughs> they're kind of over the top because of their accents, which are so sweet. And then Okay, let me just give you a little example. I can insert an actual one, but this is how they sound in my head. Hi, it's it's day two of sisterhood. Uh, my earrings are from Sheen. My shirt is from TJ Maxx. My skirt is from the pants store. Earrings are from my Meemaw. Shoes are from mm, uh, Steve Madden. Uh, hair is from my mama. Personality is from God. The one I'm about to have you guys listen to is one of the ones that I think went really viral at first. And I think it's because of the way she says philanthropy. She calls it philanthropy. So here we go. I apologize that the audio is going to be kind of shit because I couldn't find this clip online. So I'm just going to play it from my phone for you. So that's just to give you a little taste of what it sounds like and what most of the girls are doing because, you know, why not? They put a lot of thought into these looks. They want to show them off and it's going viral. So I think it's like, you know, the more it goes viral, the more people are like, hey, I'm going to do it too. Um, Of course, like I wanted to jump on the train because I was a tridelt and I was rush chair, aka VP membership was my true title, recruitment chair. Um... And again, obviously it was so different because I went to school in the North, but I feel like between doing that and we still, the the rush process itself is pretty similar. It's just on a bigger scale in the South and like a little more intense. Um, But my sisters both went to UF and were in sororities there. And so they are like an SEC school, which are notoriously known as like the most intense rushes, like the SEC schools and then the whole state of Texas. So I film a TikTok in my car after I picked up my Panera. I don't really have on a lot of makeup, not looking that cute because I'm not, most of my TikToks get like 100 views. Well, as of now, my TikTok is at about (laughs) over 200,000 views, like, and I'm just mortified because what I say in the TikTok is I talk about a song that we used to sing and I don't even sing it. I just say it, but I'll sing it for you guys right now. We drink to the boys who are big. We drink to the boys who are small. We drink to the boys who say they're big, but then they're not at all. But the ones we raise our glasses to in the middle of the night are the ones who go from small to big and put it in just right. Eh! Um, so I'm sorry to my memos that apparently that's what I went viral for on TikTok. <laughs> and my favorite comment, there's, there's a lot of comments on it, and some of them are just like kind of rude. But there's one that says, this is my favorite. It's from someone who has like a monogram as their profile picture because, of course, it says, you said you were a tri-delta. You are a tri-delta. You will be for life. Delta love and mine. <laughs> the R is capitalized. <laughs> 
my sister goes, is the R capitalized? Like what I was saying. And I'm like, yes, it is. I just like, you can't make this shit up. Like, I think that's who puts a lot of pressure on these girls is these older generations who just take it so seriously. And it's like still a part of their identity. And I don't know how, but it is. And again, it's, it's cause it's not that serious, but when you're going through it, it feels like the most serious thing in the world. And you're just like, I'm not going to have friends if I don't get in. And like, this is the end of my social life. Like, I feel like that's what, and people don't realize like the internal pressure that's being put on these girls. And it's so hard for them because they rush, UF does it the same way. They rush before school starts when they're a freshman. I think there's already so much fear, or at least there was for me about going to college and being away from home. And then you're thrown into this crazy world that's like nothing you've ever experienced before. And you might be sitting here thinking that you don't give a shit about any of this, but that is ignoring the anthropological masterpiece that is Rush. And I think a lot of these people did not read the book Pledge, The Secret Life of Sororities when they were in high school by Alexandra Robbins. And holy shit, that book is so good. I read it in high school. She goes undercover during Sorority Rush. It's just incredible. She kind of is trying to go into the more darker sides of it, like hazing and and deaths and fraternities and the segregation that is so present and still is, but like very much so was present even just back in the early 2000s. Uh, to give you some context, Alabama did not desegregate their rush until 2013. That was two years after I graduated college, and I'm only 32 now. So just to give you some context about how recent that is, like that's only seven years ago. And because there's obviously historically black sororities as well, but sororities are not like meant to be segregated. So it's so fucked up, obviously. like I think everyone is aware of how fucked up that is. And... Uh, she also wrote a book about secret societies. She wrote one about people trying to get into like quote unquote elite schools. Um, and I think I actually, yeah, like I said, it was from her book that I learned a lot about like the segregation and the problems with sororities in the South that I think people are only more recently realizing, actually like realizing through these rush TikToks. And I think that's part of the reason this is all popping off on Instagram because there's a sect of people that it's nostalgic to. There's other people that it's just a complete circus to, and it's such a foreign concept to them. People who maybe like didn't go to college, didn't go to a college with a Greek system. And then you have to understand with TikTok, people from all over the world are watching it. When it goes viral, you could have someone, you know, in Australia, in in Germany, who has no idea about like they might have a vague idea about it from the movies, but they don't know what the the cogs of it entail. And you know, you people I think are just invested in these girls they're rooting for them in real time they want to see like where they end up at the end because it makes it this true reality show because you're going through it with them real time and from just a few of them you can see what an emotional process is you can see them on the first day of rush to you know day six and they are so exhausted you can tell they just need to sleep they just need to like maybe not have some social interaction for a while there is so many like tiny bodies such shiny bleached hair like mini alex coopers and the idea of looking that put together in the hot humid ass tuscaloosa heat is just absolutely a no for me i would have looked like something the cat drug in and I I feel bad because while there's always an element of shallowness to rush and obviously it's partially going to be based on looks and what you're wearing and who you are and who you know, it, because your interactions are so limited with with each girl you're speaking to. And I really feel for these girls because I think social media and all these flashy rush videos that exist now and the TikToks and the curated Instagrams have made things ex- exponentially worse because these girls could be 
you know, juniors in high school and already having this idea in their head of where they want to go. And that's existed for a while. But I think when it's so easy that you can just pull up an Instagram, you can pull up a TikTok and be like, those girls look cool. Like, I want to be a part of that. That didn't necessarily exist as much when I was going through Rush. And that all being said, like I said, my sisters went through an SEC school rush and I don't think they're too emotionally scarred from it. But I mean, they obviously have stories from it. It's something that you're not going to forget that process. That process is like burned in your brain for the rest of your life. And both of them, I'd say, made some of their best friends in their sorority. And at the end of the day, to me, that's all that matters. Um, But yeah, and I just have to say the girls from Baylor really walked so some of these videos could run. Because please let me show the infamous Kappa audio that went viral when I was in school with you guys. I just love this song. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. I mean, the auto tune on that is crispy. Your eye, your ears are just like, boing. <laughs> There's also one of my favorite lines from it. It goes, our color is blue. Our other color is blue. <laughs> I mean, just some genius song lyric writing. I'm sorry if my audio is clipping this whole time. I've been like screaming in the mic because I'm just so excited that it's my 100th episode and I'm talking about Sorority Rush. Um but yes, I, again, the songs that the the videos that come out of all of this just cannot be ignored. My favorite girl, if you guys are wondering on TikTok is Blake Anna Joyce. She actually goes to Auburn and they're, they're like a day ahead of, of Alabama. So I'm so excited to see where she ends up. Also, fun fact is I love to poach party theme ideas from sorority bid days cloud nine. Uh, I poached from a sorority bid day. I turned it into cloud four to match my last name. Yep. Um, they have great ones. If you have any inspiration, just look at theirs and they know how to pull off and they get cute decorations. You can just kind of steal everything from them. They know how to do it. There's always so many girls in a sorority who are like so creative and so good at curating a certain look. I've just always been impressed with that. And as Mia writes, it's a, she says, they're like a mini reality show we get to experience in real time. The suspense is palpable. Palpable. For some, the videos are nostalgic. For others, they're a look into a world we didn't even really know existed. So this is exactly what I just said. Like, I completely agree with all these points that that's what people are getting out of this. But then she says, there is, of course, a much darker, more insidious side to Greek life. From TikTok alone, it's hard not to notice just how white these sororities are. Plus, being exclusionary and straight-up racist is deeply embedded into the dogma of many of these groups. Still, it's hard to look away from these videos, if only because they feel like the sparkly, cheery surface of something far more hellish. Tell me this recruitment video isn't a few white tunics away from a cult. And <laughs> she like had a clip from one. They are the, the, I'm telling you, the recruitment videos these days are wild. Um, and obviously there is some dark stuff to sororities. And I think there is like, I've talked about this before because I talked about abolishing the Greek system. There was an article about that in the cut. I think that I talked about that like a year ago. Um, I don't think the Greek system should be abolished, but things definitely need to be overhauled and, there, I, I can't even get into it because I think there's a lot that needs to be fixed. But having girl-run social spaces and girl groups, I don't think there's ever going to be a place where that shouldn't belong. I think that's 
so helpful and so needed a lot of times, especially when you're at a big school and you are just like this small fish in this huge ass pond. So, you know, that's my little spiel on that. But I'm not done talking about sororities, guys, because I still got to get into my deep cut and my legit shit. So let's get into our deep cut. I told you earlier about the Baylor Kappa video, but the one that really has a true place in my heart is the Delta Gamma UF I'm on a boat video. And if you've ever seen this video or if you're going to go watch it when I'm done, I'm not going to link it because it's 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 an offensive video. Like <laughs> there, there's no two ways around it. It's, it's rude. It's offensive. Uh, deeply funny, creative, well done. Uh, the girl with the dark brown hair and the aviators, I actually went to law school with her. She was in my 1L section. Uh, fun fact, I saw some, this actually came up on my For You page, someone posting this Delta Gamma video and being like, where are these girls today? And I was like, I really wanted to say that one of them was in my uh, 1L law school section. But I was like, I cannot dox this girl. And I, I don't know why I'm like blanking out on her name, but I'm blanking out on what her name is. Well, no, but just for like my own edification, I wanted to know what it was and I just cannot make my brain remember it because there's quotes in this video, which I I will play for you, where they say, uh, slit my throat. They talk about pledges following them around like puppies. They talk about being so crip, you know, just a casual gang reference. My favorite line, obviously, though, is thank God I'm not a Delta doing dolphins and shit, bringing all the fuglies with followed by a um, homophobic statement. And then there's another line about Tri-Deltas that just simply says, fuck Tri-Deltas, you suck motherfucker. <laughs> so let's give it a listen. Oh shit! Everybody get your towels ready, it's about to go down! Hey, Everybody yeah. in the place hit the motherfucking oh, deck! Oh, and stay on your motherfucking toes! I'm on a boat! I'm on a boat! I'm on a boat! I'm Everybody boat. look at me, cause I'm sailing on a boat! I'm on a boat! I'm on a boat! Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat! I'm on a boat, motherfucker, take a look at me! Straight floating on a boat on the DG! Katie's and Zeta's jealous, they all wanna slit my throat! They can't stop me, motherfucker, cause I'm on a boat! Take a picture trick! They're PNMs, bitch! They follow us like puppies, cause we so crisp! I got my headband on, and my raging romper! I'm looking fly, you at Sigma Chi, straight looking proper! Thank God I'm not a dolphin, doing deltas and shit! Showing up at parties, bringing all the fuglies with! But this ain't Sea World, your mascot's gay as they get! I'm on a boat, motherfucker, don't you ever forget! I'm on a boat, and it's going fast, and I got an article theme metallic headband! We're the queens of the road, so fuck you haters And if you ain't that cute, then you probably went Zeta Get the fuck up, this boat is real Fuck pandas, I am Hannah, motherfucker Fuck crowns, golden anchor, motherfucker Fuck tryouts, you suck, motherfucker An 80 pie ton trick, motherfucker That KD would decay Believe me So I know it probably feels like I played that whole thing for you guys, but I actually edited a little bit of it out, um, a journey, right? And if you're sitting there being like, I have no idea even what they're talking about, just to give some context, DG's symbol is an anchor, which is probably the reason they're on a boat. And on top of that, Lonely Island song, I'm on a boat, was really big at the time. They're sitting in like a boat in the front yard of their sorority house. 
And then they're talking when they're like talking about tridels being dolphins. That's our mascot. A lot of times they're talking about like you know the Zeta crown. They're just talking about various symbols. They say you'll be fucked on bid day because bid day is when the houses figure out what girls they actually got, and the girls find out which house they're in. So they're saying like you're gonna get shitty girls. The sororities that they mention in this are not all of the sororities that you have. I would say these are like the traditionally, or at least at the time, were like what was considered like the more top tier, which is, I know, a stupid term, but like sadly that's still used. Like the top tier sororities are considered the better ones. And so just to give you some context, and I have heard that these this video was only intended for the sisters but obviously it has this like viral nature to it obviously it's going to get shared around they had to have known that people outside of the sorority were going to see this so i'm sure they just did it as a joke but it comes across as just like so mean and again like saying like dolphins are gay like in 2009 where people just still really casually calling things gay that they didn't like i'm just like i really thought we were past that at that point but apparently not and honestly i could go so much more into sorority stuff i think it is so fascinating just how it all works it really is a well-oiled machine like how the mutual selection process for where recruitment works and just all of it and all the emotions like everyone's saying they want a Netflix show about it and I get it I think it makes such a great Netflix show but I think part of the problem is because uh Panhellenic has such a tight clenched butthole I just don't think they would ever allow cameras into this process so someone really would have to go undercover like Alexandra Robbins did in Pledged the book which is my deep cut for today I know I referenced it earlier in it and it's an older book and like I said it definitely focuses like more on like kind of the underbelly of it and there's girls who are like have eating disorders and that still exists and like drug use but I think it makes it sound like way more scary than it actually is and there's so many girls in sororities who are just literally like the biggest sweethearts and like that's not you know it's one side of it but it is a well done book read all of her books I think you guys will really enjoy them and I put a link in the show notes again thank you guys for being with me for 100 episodes no matter how many you've listened to here's to 500 more it'll be so weird like one day if I get to 600 episodes I can look back on this and be like wow we've come so far uh, as usual, please follow me on Instagram at Bailey Evan or at Kind of Cute Podcast. But more than anything, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend. Leave me a five-star rating and written review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. And I will see you next week. Bye. Blue is our color and blue is our other color. If you were to ask, I wouldn't recommend another cap of game. That's what I am. Make this your place. Make us your plan. Want to be on top like me? All you got to do is go KKG. Keep it classy every day and night.